You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today, Expert Tuesday, Expert Tuesday continues in the offseason. Rachel Hopmeyer from the NBC in Green Bay stops by uh, to talk to me about her experience, her first year on the Packers beat. Her impressions of the team and her impressions of where this team needs to go to get to where they want to go, and that is back to a Super Bowl. We learned a little bit more about the Packers on Monday because Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur spoke to the media. Uh, They reemphasized their commitment to Aaron Rodgers. They doubled down on everything they've been saying to this point. That not only is he their guy in 2021, that he will be beyond that as well. Brian Gutekunst was adamant about that. And adamant, by the way, that the LA Times story that the Rams called about Rodgers uh, was wrong. Just unequivocally, he said that's not true. So whether or not you know we are to believe either side there, uh, I don't think it matters. The Packers, at least publicly, are saying all the right things when it comes to their quarterback. And even if the only audience that they are speaking to really is Aaron Rodgers, that is an important step. I don't want to spend any more time on it because this has already been made into a story that to me was never really that much of a story. What's more interesting to me is what we have learned about the defensive coordinator search. And Matt LaFleur did not say much about it. In fact, would not say much about it specifically because he didn't want to tip his hand. This is this is fascinating to me. He could have gone in front of reporters, okay, on Zoom. He could have gone in front of reporters and said, "We want someone who's going to be X, we want someone who's going to be Y, we want to play more man coverage, we want to blitz more, we want to do all that stuff." And guess what? Any coach worth his salt is going to hear that and go into his interview and say, This is what I want to do. And he's going to know exactly what to say. Malafleur called it giving away the answers to the test. He wants a coach who says the right things about what they want to be. He said they have a clear-eyed vision of what they're looking for. And they need to find a coach that says, this is what I want to do and match those. You find the congruent approach without saying this is what we're looking for. This is almost in a way better than, you know, a job board because candidates know the broad strokes. They know, okay, you're going to coordinate the defense. You're going to call the defensive plays. And, you know, in theory, the defensive coordinator wouldn't have to, you could have the linebackers coach call defensive plays. The point is they only really know the broad strokes. They don't know if Matt LaFleur wants to play man or zone. They don't know if he wants to be a three-man or a four-man front. They don't know if he wants to be a base sub-package team. They don't know any of this right now. So they have to come in and say the right things. They have to say the things Matt LaFleur wants to hear without knowing what those things 
are. That is a deliberate and I think interesting way of handling this. And by the way, not the way every coach would have done it. This is this is intentional. This is thoughtful. And I think that is worth I don't know, celebrating is probably overselling it, but I I think it's it is worth noticing in a positive way. Is there a word for that that I'm just missing that my brain is just not finding? Probably. Probably. We also found out Jerry Gray was the internal hire or is the internal uh, coaching candidate. And that is via Tom Silverstein's reporting. He also reported that the Packers reached out to Chris Richard. Richard is by far the biggest name that we have seen involved in this coaching search. All we know is the Packers have reached out. We don't know anything beyond that. I will also add There has been this idea out there that if Jim Leonard were the coach at Michigan or, you know, Central Florida or somewhere like that, that he would not be the hot commodity for the Packers fans. Here's the problem with that premise. Albert Breer reported in Sports Illustrated yesterday that Leonard interviewed for the Rams' defensive coordinator job was Sean McVay, a job that ultimately went to Brandon Staley. He also mentioned, hey, this would be a fun name for the Packers. Now, a couple things here. The first is, Sean McVay didn't hire him. And just, just like he also didn't hire his safeties coach, who he could have hired, and is now on the Packers' radar and is going to get an interview or, or actually has already had an interview. Ahiro Evero, the Rams safety coach, uh, reportedly already interviewed for the job over the weekend. McVay could have elevated him and didn't. Hired Brandon Staley instead. Just worth mentioning. The other part of this is maybe the reason the Rams ultimately went with Brandon Staley instead of Jim Leonard is Jim Leonard would have cost too much money. In college, these these coordinators make boku bucks, okay? Brent Venables, you know, got signed to the biggest assistant coach contract in college football history. Dave Aranda was making more than most head coaches in college to be the defensive coordinator before he ultimately landed a head job. These guys make real money. There are coordinators who are making more than NFL head coaches. In order to leave college, you're going to have to pay up. And while it does answer one of the questions that we had about Leonard, and that is, does he want to be an NFL coach? Because plenty of college coaches just want to be college coaches. And, you know, it's, it's the money. It is the job security. It is, you know, the control and the power and the prestige. And if you're, you're a solid college coach, even at just sort of like a B-level program, you can be the coach there for 15, 20 years, just doing the thing. And, you know, Paul Christ, he's he's never going to win a national title at Wisconsin. They, don't, they haven't even won that many actual big games over the last few years, but he's going to be the coach there forever. He's a, he's a good coach. He fits the culture and people seem to like him. You can do that forever. If if Chris, 
you know, if, if he thinks, oh, I'm going to retire soon or, hey, I might get this other job. Now he came home to Wisconsin. And so, you know, maybe this is it for him. And maybe Jim Leonard wants to be the eventual head coach at Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez just might pay him more than Mark Murphy would. Be a classic Big Ten rivalry there. Former Northwestern AD with the University of Wisconsin AD. We don't know if the cost is going to be prohibitive. We don't know if cost affected his opportunity in L.A. But it is worth mentioning that a national reporter, not someone who cares about the Packers specifically, in fact, a Boston guy, mentioned Jim Leonard as a name to watch. He also mentioned... Albert Breer, noted Locked On Packers listener. Uh, No, I have no idea if he listens to the show. Um, The same thing that we talked about on the show yesterday, that that LaFleur has not made phone calls to people like Wade Phillips that we know of. And that Sean McVay did this with Brandon Staley, that Kyle Shanahan did this with Robert Sala. Matt LaFleur has seen this work. And so maybe it is someone like Hiro Evero who is that next guy. Who has been overlooked. Brandon Staley was plucked out of relative obscurity. By Sean McVay. It's not like he had this long pedigree. Robert Sala was not someone who when the 49ers hired him. We assumed was just a few years from being a head coach. These things can come together quickly. And you know the the meteoric rises are possible. That could also be another reason to avoid someone like Jim Leonard. Because you may only have him for a year or two. Now, if if you're going to get you know a Brandon Staley-level coach, someone that can turn your defense into the best defense in football for a season, yeah, usually you want to take that because it means your defense was really good, right? But it's something to consider. If he has one or two good years and suddenly he's a head coach and now you got to start over again, if, you're, if you think you can win a Super Bowl with this guy, yeah, you do it. But it's certainly something to think about. This is the problem teams that have coaches who don't call the plays face because if you're Tennessee and Matt LaFleur leaves, you better have Arthur Smith waiting. And now Arthur Smith leaves and they got to figure out if the next guy up can actually get it done for them. So there are a lot of things to take into consideration here. We are seeing the process play out in real time, and we need to let that happen. There are going to be more interviews. We're going to learn more on a day-to-day basis, and we we just, I frankly can't wait to see who they decide on because it's going to affect what happens in the offseason. Brian Gutekind said as much. He said, you know, there may be some, some little preference changes here and there. They feel like they have a pretty versatile team. Luckily, they're right. This is, and I said this on Twitter, of any of the jobs, the D.C. jobs that came open with new head coaching staffs, I want to be careful with that, with new head coaching staffs, I think this would be the best defensive coordinator job. The best defensive coordinator job is the one in L.A. that Raheem Morris got because Aaron Donald plays there. And because Jalen Ramsey plays there. But this Green Bay job, there's a lot of talent here. They can immediately go in a Super Bowl. If you're hired as the D.C. in Green Bay tomorrow, in 2021, you could go win a Super Bowl. So you have to think that that's a pretty appealing job. And so maybe the Packers do need to swing big. Maybe they need to go see if they can get Brent Venables from Clemson. Jim Leonard 
from Wisconsin. Pay the money. There's no salary cap on coaches. And put yourself in a position to win. You always want to put yourself in a position to win, obviously, but with a big swing. But if you're Matt LaFleur, you trust your instincts. He's He has a good track record hiring coaches, bringing coaches in. And so, you know, if he does think that Hero Evero is the guy, I'm certainly going to give him a chance. I'm certainly going to give him a chance. All right, we're going to talk to Rachel in just a minute here. But first, we have to talk about our friends at Bet Online. The Super Bowl is almost here, which means prop bets. Prop bets for days. What color is the Gatorade going to be? First to score a touchdown. Like there are endless number of things that you can bet on and the Super Bowl. And then once the Super Bowl is over, NBA, NHL, golf. Golf is so much fun to bet on. And Bet Online has you covered. Bet Online is the number one place, the number one place we trust to get you everything you need with your gambling needs. And right now, if you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and use that promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. We're covering everything you need to know about the Packers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by me, Peter Bukowski, and all the sports you need every morning are in there in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get to our conversation with our friend Rachel Hotmeyer. Please welcome her to the Green Bay Packers beat. Follow her on Twitter at Rachel Hotmeyer, M-A-Y-E-R. Rachel, thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're going to get to the team and all that stuff, but I I wanted to start because you are relatively new on the beat. And that is something that happened in a particularly weird year to be covering anything. So I I guess I just want to hear a little bit about what your experience was like doing this all um, in a new place and also having to do it all in COVID. Sure. Um, I would say that I guess everything has pretty much been super pandemic-fied. So obviously, you know, no locker room experience, which is totally understandable, but sad for me. That's my bread and butter. I'm a very extroverted person. So I love building and forming relationships in that, for lack of a better word, arena. Um, you know, moving to a new city uh, a week before the country shuts down is a super interesting experience to look back on. I don't even know if I can really reflect on it now as accurately as I will maybe in five years. So it, it definitely consolidates, you know, what you're willing to do. I hear the people of Wisconsin really like beer, <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm probably not experiencing life out here the way it typically is lived, just because of the way the pandemic is and has spread, been handled, uh, adapted to so many different, you know, lifestyle changes that happen in every state all across the country and Wisconsin is no exception. 
Yeah, and and you have had, uh, I'll call it the luxury of also doing some news reporting as a lot of sports journalists have had to do across this country where a lot of news organizations are saying, hey, we need to throw more resources at, you know, whether it's the election coverage or pandemic coverage. And so you've had to sort of wear both of these hats. Um, what was what was that experience like? Because like you were, you know, covering the election, a pretty momentous election at that and then having to also try and you know juggle these two things. Definitely. I would say I somewhat knew what I was getting into. I did purposely come here as a hybrid news and sports reporter, so I knew there would be some sort of a blend. I definitely didn't realize that it would be 99% election, 1% Packers, <laughs> when that tends to dominate around here. Right. But there's definitely a sense of duty that comes with covering the news. I'm super fortunate to have that, you know, organically instilled in me. And I take a lot of pride in that. Wisconsin was really important going into this election cycle on all accords. And I knew that moving out here for sure. So no matter who's visiting, no matter what the story is, everything that happened out here had to be digestible for a national audience. Um, It's not every four years that where you are happens to actually matter. So I took a lot of pride in being able to balance both and, you know, keeping my tenants and ethics kind of the same all around. You know, if you want to consider any sort of candidate that comes to town as an athlete, that's fine. It's, it's really similar if you just put yourself in the same mindset. And vice versa in a lot of ways, because we treat sports so much like politics that it's uh, it is a lot of the same skills as someone who and, and the reason I brought it up, frankly, is because. Um, I have done this. I started my career in news um, and and have written about politics and a lot of different things in addition to sports. And so it, it does uh, it provides you a little bit different perspective. Let's talk about this team specifically. You parachute into Green Bay. I mean, almost literally. And you are in these Zoom calls. You're you're hearing from the players in this modified offseason process. And we don't really get a feel for what this team is going to look like. When we finally did get to see it, were you surprised at how fast this all came together here? Well, let's be clear. My parachute was a Honda Ridgeline and a U-Haul <laughs> uh, tied back. So let's just set this scene correctly. Okay. Sorry, um, my bad. I got to be honest. My most, I don't know if we want to say approved or the thing that really surprised me the most was that Every rookie, and this seems to be pretty universal across the league, adjusted to the pandemic. And to be fair, they wouldn't know any different in the league. But I'm really impressed with how smoothly things seem to operate in terms of Zoom workouts. Uh, I know they use an app to you know send workouts between coaches and players. And from then on, it just seemed like there was enough people kind of steadying the ground to make things in Green Bay happen. And that seemed to be everybody putting their best foot forward for success. Um, So from then on, I guess I I couldn't be too surprised, you know, compared to other storylines and locker rooms I've covered that things were a tighter ship around here. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we go through the season, we know that the season didn't end the way that the, the Packers and Packer fans wanted. And then Rachel, we got drama. 
a lot. And then we got drama. What a lot of drama. What was your okay? Let's just start here. What was your reaction to what Aaron Rodgers said after the NFC Championship game? I'll be honest. I had zero reaction um, because to me, from so many facets, that type of mood and attitude should be expected from someone who has been in this position four times since 2010 and with cap, so many factors going into it, X number of years left on his deal, probably felt like this was his best shot at going for it again. And that's plain and simple. And and then it exploded and and everyone had takes and there was a lot of drama. I would I would dare say melodrama. In fact, I have said that. Um, I guess I never understood it. Okay, I take that back. I understood it, but I didn't agree with it. And it seems like you're on the same page. I take my reporting about these sorts of situations of which I've been around of uh, emotional sports situations very seriously to the sense that when you have these relationships, I don't like calling any of the sources because that just feels parasitical. When you have relationships with anybody close to or in a situation like this, I personally don't report on feelings, you know, internal questions, stuff like that, you know, unless it's being put out there on the record, because at the end of the day, athletes are humans, general managers are humans, staff members are humans, everybody's human in this situation. And how unfair would it be to not let humans feel emotion, even in a career defining moment? One of the questions that that came up here was, well, what about Aaron Rodgers' future? And what do they do with his future? And and Brian Gutekinds was asked point blank, do you need to do something to assure Rodgers that he is part of the future? Matt LaFleur made it pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in 2021, that he's probably going to be the quarterback in 2022. Brian Gutekinds said the same thing. They both affirmed that. But, but to your mind, is it the prudent decision to offer anything more than that to Aaron Rodgers? Do the Packers owe it to him as some people have suggested? I don't think so. And I, and if I think there's any internal relationship handling, then that is so scrutinously specific to, again, people as they are, you know, I think you could copy and paste any other quarterback, any other head coach, any other general manager. And the answer would be different every single time you swap out the variables. But if you're talking about this Bermuda Triangle, um, it, it might come down to interpersonal relationships, having that, you know, bond continue going forward. But at the end of the day, with what we've seen Rogers talk about since then, I don't think his actual confidence or anything involved with his future here going forward is actually marginally, if at all, shattered or broken in any sense of the term. And if it's seriously, if people really think anything comes down to that, you know, he said how close he's gotten with Maddie, as he likes to call LaFleur. I'm sure <laughs> there's friendship and personal work there that goes into this. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you have close relationships with people you work with and sometimes those failures amplify those feelings. And I, again, I'm not speaking for Rogers. I can speak from my own personal experience you know, if you if you work with someone day and night on something and you come up 
short and you think that you could have done something more or you think they could have done something more, you know, that that is a different kind of feeling than if you you don't have a, a good relationship with them even. So uh, as we look forward here with what the team is going to do or, or could do or has the option to do here in the spring, the offseason, the draft, all of that stuff, where would you put the emphasis for this team as they try and get back to a Super Bowl? So something that's actually been sitting on my mind a bit today is the addition, ideally, of Devin Funches next year since he opted out this year. Having that wide receiver in play could really change what they're looking to draft. Um, So that's something that I've had my eye on. I'll admit I'm way more of a camp person than a draft person, but the draft is definitely real around here. And... The needs, I don't think, are as glaringly prominent because at the end of the day, all of this comes down to how they finagle the salary cap. But I think there's developable and developing talent here that you can kind of pick and choose where you want to prioritize. And as we know, Dudekins will make those decisions. In terms of the salary cap, I know this is something that you are currently uh, deep in the throes of trying to work through and and have conversations with people about um, Brian Gutekind said this week that he feels comfortable with where they are, that he feels like it's all workable, that they don't have to gut the team from the outside. D- does that seem like it, it is bluster? Do you think they can actually be in a good position here with the salary cap? Is this all workable? I think that sound financial planning leads to being able to work through this. The lowest the cap could go would be 175 million, which would be a loss of about 23 million. Um, it doesn't have to go that low, but that's what the League and Players Association agreed on. So right. we could see that. And that doesn't mean you have to cut one or two big contracts. That could mean that you are cutting as many as possible tiny contracts that are, you know, veterans on their way out already and try and sign to league minimums because who knows how much they're going to get anywhere else with everybody kind of in this crunch. There are a lot of ways to finagle this. I do think Budikins can be smart with money. So if he says he feels good about it, I think he has many plans or maybe he knows it's not going as low as we think. That That is something that I think we haven't considered enough. And Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated reported earlier this week. The cap, the cap yes. may not drop as much as we think, and and then there could be some sort of smoothing. And I do think there's a, a rational point. You know, someone like Jerry Jones is he going to gut his team or is he going to fight to have some of this money of, that is you know to be paid down the line going to be paid here? I, it, it is something that we just we, we don't really know right now, and and that's something that we really need to know to understand where this team is financially moving forward. I'm going to end on this. Malafleur is currently in the market for a defensive coordinator. He has said he is not going to give out the answers to the test in terms of what he's looking for. What do you think he would be smart to look for in a defensive coordinator in his search? I think as young as Matt Lafleur is, here's the one thing that I think would be smart. And I love Lafleur's resume and the experience he has built and garnered completely from his own football IQ, I think he'd be smart to pick someone with more experience than him because I think that kind of keeps a well-rounded tandem 
And I truly think that's the only kind of gate you can put around this. Pick someone that's older, but also someone that does trust that type of combination they like to keep in Green Bay of both looking at the analytics and the film. They keep that pretty soundly balanced. So believing in that philosophy as well, I think is also really important because you could check all the boxes, but if you vehemently disagree on that, then that's really going to screw your in-game thinking down the line. I think there's I think there's a lot of different ways they could go with this. Uh, it sounds like they want to be young. Albert Breer from from Sports Illustrated said that his feeling, at least, is is that they're trying to go the the L.A. Rams model with Brandon Staley. They're trying to go, you know, the Robert Sala model with with Kyle Shanahan. I, I think that yeah. could potentially be I mean, that what? could be playing with fire he, a little bit. He, exactly, and you know, he has experience being the other part of that young model. I totally see why he loves, not that he is Gen Z, but maybe the Gen Z of the NFL in the sense of he loves bringing up the young bus on that. And I can totally see how much success they've felt and seen with that in his previous stops. And why not bring that here? I just think it would be wise to not shot the system yet. Great. Rachel, let my listeners know where they can find your work find your online presence, all of that good stuff, because this is 2021 after all. We love that. Everything lives on the internet. You can always find me. My handles are always at Rachel Hopmeyer. Uh, super accessible because, again, the internet lends itself to that. And right now I am currently on TV and online with NBC26, the official Packers station. Just, just as we finish, because we're done, have you found a decent <laughs> bagel in Green Bay? Um, yes, Locks and Stock Bagel is my favorite bagel place in Green Bay. They are super awesome. They also sell locally roasted coffee grounds, and they have checked off all of the boxes for me, except they don't have Bialis. But otherwise, they are incomparable to any other bagel place in town so far based on my taste test. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. I want to thank Rachel again for joining the show. Great to talk to her. Great that you guys get to know her a little bit better. She is terrific. She is dogged. And Green Bay is lucky to have her. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait for the counter guy to go over to his computer and ring it up and figure out what's going on in his warehouse? You could do it yourself at your own computer, rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is also brought to you by TurboTax Full Service. No two people are alike. And no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcomes. Maybe you got married this year and have some questions about how that affects your filing status. Or maybe you want an expert to review your return so you don't miss any deductions on the new house you just bought. Or maybe you want to hand the whole thing off from start to finish so you can focus on your burgeoning baby photography career. 
Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you, TurboTax Live Tax Experts give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow and the rest of the week getting you set for the Super Bowl. Obviously, we would rather be talking about the Packers playing in the Super Bowl, but that's not happening. So we have to make do here. We have to figure out what's going on, the latest with the DC search. Of course, we will have that. We're going to start talking draft very soon in earnest. Once the Super Bowl is over, that will become certainly a weekly thing. And your questions become a much bigger part of the show. What do you want to hear? What do you want to talk about? What are you interested in? How are you thinking about this Packers team? That's what I want to hear from you about. I'm going to use that all the time. I mean, every day, I'm going to, I'm going to use your questions to tee up the conversations that we're having on the show. So send them to me on Twitter. Send them to me on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline. You know all the spots. Get them in, and we're going to talk about them. Before we finish up, this episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-in-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Check out Locked on today. All of the stories in sports you need to know and the biggest debates in under 20 minutes. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.